Hey everyone! Welcome back to another episode of the Comics Collective, the weekly podcast where we read and discuss a collection of comic books or a graphic novel. I'm one of your hosts, Lexi. Oh my gosh, there's gunfire! Everybody get down! And I'm Dallas. (laughs) Killed her. (laughs) She got hit. (laughs) I've been shot. And, And hold on. Hold on, you're number, you're number six in the in the standings. You're better than Who's this. Who's number five? It's that rat bastard, Brian McDermott. God damn it! You can't die before Brian. I'm not wistful scan. <laughs> oh no. Um. Yeah. I'm not sure if you heard earlier, but I'm in. <laughs> not actually shot. I'm okay. <laughs> It's it's called acting. Acting. Send me my and scene. This is method acting. That's why I shot in for real. <laughs> yeah, but see, since Dallas is a few states over, it's going to take a little bit for the bullet to get here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, take, take a but, little while. Uh, it's a next to impossible shot that only the world's best assassin could pull off. Dun dun dun. No, you're number six, Am. I don't. I don't know if you remembered that just now. We just I got shot this. in the brain. I got. I got this the Wolverine is... thing going on. <laughs> I, I don't remember Nam anymore. It's like the last three Stephen King books I've read. There's been a character who has been shot, and then the next chapter you find out that it just like grazed them or like hit their ear. I'm like Stephen, it hit one time. Stop it. Take the tool it's away. The oldest trick in the book, baby, <laughs> happened in Batman Killing Time, which I read by the way, Tom. Perfect. Good Perfect job. Book. I finally caught up. Not in time for the interview, but you know, better late than never. So, True. Yeah. Just like this week's book. If you all listen to the show and go, wow, that sounds great. Better late than never. Go buy the trade paperback. Read the crap out uh-huh. of it. And we might get the sequel that is very clearly teed up for, drumroll please, for Alexis to introduce the book. <laughs> Assassin's Nation by Kyle Starks and Erica Henderson. Oh, I get it. It's like assassination, but it's two words. Yeah, I did stumble over that a couple of times when I was reading it. I was like, I promise I'm intelligent. (laughs) (laughs) This book is making me work for it. We have smart and important (laughs) things to say. I do. I also want to throw out Darren Bennett on letters because the sound effects and letters work in this book are phenomenal and a major part of what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's doing okay, the letters. I wasn't sure if it was him or Erica, especially the one where the guy gets shot and it just says fucked in the background. That That's was Mr. Intense. Bennett. That's Mr. Bennett. Love it. Damn. Love it. All right. So I got to get a little uh, cat out of the bag here at the beginning. Um, if you are a long, long time listener of the Comics Collective, which there are next to none of, <laughs> before the Alexis era, before the Ann era, when it was DTR Comics with Dallas, T, and Rachel. It's like the third episode we ever did was Assassination. So I'm a longtime fan of this book. And there is an old, poor audio quality episode about this out in the wild. And I had never said the word fuck before in that we recorded that episode. And so I called him Tuck Farkington for an entire episode with my friends who were also calling him Tuck Farkington. That's hilarious. So I feel pretty liberated getting to say fuck Tarkington. And also episode. the fact that fuck is the best character. No one can change my mind. Oh my god. Fuck. The fucking Dave show. Fuck. Oh, great. <laughs> oh my god. Precious. And precious bean. 
Hmm? When you Best said that you were story. Dave on Twitter, and I was <laughs> like, I want to be the fuck to her, Dave. I just want to be two <laughs> nonsensical <laughs> friends. Does that make me dead? Yeah, no, you're smoke. You're smoke. I, I thought I thought she was wistful Stan. What can I say? Also true. Yo, the part. <laughs> Not to put the cart before the horse here, but the part where Smoke says that she's such a great assassin because she's an Asian American woman in <laughs> America. So good. I'm an Asian woman in America. I'm basically um, invisible. And then it flashed to the people describing, yeah, oh, they're Chinese These or are Japanese. Japanese. Um, be somewhere between 500 and 500 years old. <laughs> I died. I Gasp. died. Gasp. <laughs> Number one book. Damn. Good. Tragic. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's get into it this is so fun i do have to say right off the top very very uh wide change from our last erica henderson artwork let me just say that at the get-go this is a very fun very fun 180 right in the other direction mm-hmm. um no one's talking about their feelings here yeah <laughs> we didn't get um this many exploding heads in squirrel girl um I don't think we got nearly enough in Squirrel Girl. After That's fair. Days. Come on. They, they were done very well. They were very done, done very well. But no, um, this is very fun. I guess I can give a little bit of a story rundown for everybody if you mm-hmm. haven't picked it up, which um, you should, first of all. You should. Because this story follows a large group of the world's greatest assassins and they are ranked in the very front of the book there's a lot of them there's a lot of names i probably won't remember while i'm flipping through here but try to remember the most important ones like fuck but (laughs) we see right off the top we are introduced to a one of the assassins himself a man who holds himself super high and he's like i'm i'm the man I'm the man of these assassins. We see him interrogating a man and asking, who is trying to kill me? He's like, I'm at the top and someone is trying to take me out. And it's a super dramatic scene at the get-go of him finding out that he's being hunted by assumed another assassin. So he goes in and he collects up all of these greatest assassins of the world and has a big meeting to basically hire them all to protect him. And we've got a couple of the POV characters that are fun right out the, out the gate. Um, we're introduced to Maxwell Bishop, who I think has mostly the POV character throughout. Correct me if I'm wrong. But he has the most in-depth story that we're following throughout the volume. Um, but yeah, we get this organized hit group of these assassins protecting this big kingpin, if you will, of their assassin group. They're all old-time buddies, but they all hate each other. Sounds like a high school reunion. But it's great. We get introduced to all these fun characters. We've got Fuck off the off the top. Gotta love him. Gotta love him. I'm gonna talk about him over and over and over again. Best backstory that there that ever happened. I feel very seen by that. But we've got Dave. Dave is also very fun. Other fan favorite of mine. <laughs> uh, Smoke, also very fun. We mentioned her a little bit a bit, little bit ago. Um, I'm swiping back to all of them so I can remember some of the other funny main I mean, ones. 
those are the main they characters. They are the main, main ones. And then some shout out funny names of characters that get wiped out in the first issue. Yeah. Uh, we've got Wistful Stan, Wintergreen, <laughs> Frankie Townhouse, David Bowie Knife. That's my favorite. That's my dude. <laughs> Rumble Deathpatch, Meat Stick, Smush Walker. <laughs> And the always wonderful Connie the Tank. Connie. Oh, Connie. I do, I do love Connie. I also love that the antagonist assassin is named Chad Fingerman, number mm-hmm. four. Mm, no better name. And no better wispy mustache on a bad Ooh, guy. Criminal. I oh. have that exact same mustache. Yep. I was going to say Dallas's villain era when he has his little wispy mustache. So Glad cool. I didn't say anything because I was definitely like, you know, that guy is trying to grow facial hair and it's just not happening. But I'm yeah. glad I didn't say that because now I know I got yes. you, Dallas. <sighs> Thank you. Got Thank him. you very much. Heart. <laughs> but no, oh. this is this is very fun. What do you think, Anne? What you got? Thoughts? I think this comic is a lot like... Um, if you've ever seen, this is what I was thinking of. Um, if you've ever seen the movie Kingsman, the original one, not the second one, but that like sort of really fun, um, campy spy vibe. This is kind of what I am. This is kind of what I wish that Mark Miller comic was. Because when I heard that movie was based on a comic, I'm like, let's check it out. And then I read it. I'm like, this is definitely Mark Miller. Um, this was a lot, a lot of fun. I, I, action used to be like a really, really big genre for me. I used to love it a lot. But then I got to a point where I was like, I feel like I'm just watching a lot of visual white noise. It's just guy gets angry, goes, kills a lot of people, gets revenge or satisfaction, whatever's happening. The uh, And it's like, it takes something really special for that to break for me. It, it's, a, it's a genre where it's like, it can't really get too complicated. It's just, how do we get character X to shoot character Y and have a good time while doing it? And sometimes it strikes, sometimes it's magical. You have Die Hard, you have John Wick, and other times it's completely forgettable. There's three Equalizer movies now, and I didn't even realize that the third one hadn't come out yet. <laughs> it's coming out like this week, apparently. Just it, they get lost, they get lost to the void, they get lost to like my mental, my mental void. This is one that is not going to be forgotten anytime soon. It is fun, it is wild, it's wacky it has it's magic and it's varied and interesting characters the each each one of them is a perfect caricature of um (laughs) i i was going somewhere with that but i completely forgot they're each individually fantastic a lot of them it's not often you get a a story about assassins you know like i actually am emotionally relating to some of you i actually kind of get it um some of you are good people which is weird to say um and some of you are genuinely fucking terrifying and it's a great great mix that holds you this it's only five issues so far definitely a problem we can fix but five issues that are so so fun and i had an absolute blast I 100% agree. Um, Kyle Starks is one of my favorite comic book creators working 
right now. Everything he puts out is on this quality level. One of his most prominent talents that comes up is his ability to make action comedies with emotionally interesting, quirky casts. You look at something like the six sidekicks of Trigger Keaton. Every one of those characters is memorable. The emotions are memorable. You look at Assassination. All of these characters are people that stick with you. You look at I Hate This Place or If You're Nasty, Fuck This Place, which is the real title. And those are two of the best last girls ever made for a horror movie. His comic book with Chris Schweitzer, Rock Candy Mountain, that is about hobo fights, is incredible. He's got a comic book called Sex Castle that is about an 80s action hero named Sex Castle. And that one's incredible. Like everything he does has this perfect blend of action, comedy, emotional resonance that no one else does quite as well. I would highly recommend everybody check out his Peacemaker work that he's doing right now. He's doing a Peacemaker series where if you liked that TV show, Kyle Starks is the number one draft pick for everyone to write that as a comic book, and he's getting to do it with Steve Pugh. It's honestly hysterical, wonderful. And I just think his ability to pace a joke is mirrored so perfectly by his ability to pace an action scene, where there's always either a punchline or a punch at the perfect spot for the beats that he sets up. And that's something that's really hard to do. And so he is a often a writer artist that does his own artwork or he works with his best friend, Chris Schweitzer, who is a real life gentle giant, Paul Bunyan at, at basically any con you go to look for the giant lumberjack that has the wooden homemade stand selling little figurines that he's made. And he'll be like seven feet tall with a dope mustache and he'll be the nicest man you've ever met. He kind of looks like fuck Tarkington, but not quite. That's Chris Schweitzer. He does a lot of the artwork. And then there's this magic book where Erica Henderson, hot off of the success of the unbeatable squirrel girl, makes her follow-up project an action comedy with indie darling to Dallas, specifically Kyle Starks. It's brilliant. It's wonderful. This is the first example after Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, of Erica on her own colors. So this is not Rico Renzi coloring like we saw. And so I think it'd be fun to talk about some of those differences. But this book is just a great primer to everything that can be a part of your life if you keep reading Kyle Stark's comics. Uh, I don't don't know, Dallas. I don't know who would want that. I don't know a lot of people out there who enjoy having fun when they're reading comics. That, that That's a crazy concept. Not me, for sure. <laughs> no. I got to read more Spider-Man that I'm going to hate. <laughs> <laughs> There's... Uh, talking just about all the, the varied characters in this book, it's, it's so hard. I don't think people understand how hard it is to make one character that's perfect and iconic and people are going to love. This book has at least half a dozen characters that you are going to walk out of it being like, that was the best character in the book. Um, I We keep talking about Fuck Tarkington because what kind of name is Fuck Tarkington? It's perfect in every way, shape, and form. But it's like, 
I I have such a soft spot for those gentle giant characters. Although I wouldn't say gentle for fuck. He's a um a wholesome giant, I would say. He's um he's prone to a little vi- a little violence as a treat. But I love just... when they kill the katana kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just That's my guy. He's like, I got at least twelve. I got at least twelve. <laughs> I got it. How okay. the hell was he number twenty? That's what I gotta know. At the end of this, I think he wasn't trying too hard. That's why he just didn't care. Yeah, he was moving on up the ladder. And hey, Typen did. Typen beat his ass twice. Yeah, it was cool to see Typen be that guy. You know, you're like, okay, number one is that guy. Because sometimes Mm -hmm. it's like we got to defeat the best there is, and then like the rookie beats them, and it it's not like that hard to beat them. And you're like, Mm -hmm. huh, weird. Like Karate Kid trick like karate kid is fun but when you watch karate kid you're like wait are these cobra kids actually that good at this <laughs> boy do i have a show for you and <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's it, it's it was so fun type was like the the type of scary villain where you're like this is I don't. I don't know what you're supposed to do. I don't get it. I don't understand. And how how he actually gets dealt with is a little hilarious. But that's just that's just what this book is. It takes you in a lot of really great directions you don't expect it to, which is really cool. That from an, a comic that's only five issues, you have so many left and right turns. Every issue has like a single moment that you can be like, oh shit, oh that's happening now. Okay, the shit's going down. But that's exactly what I expect from a book that's like, I'm going to take 20 assassins and put them on the page at the same time together. We'll see what happens. It's the perfect powder keg. Hell yeah. Agreed. Lex, it's your pick. Tell us all about (laughs) your thoughts about this book. I I loved it, honestly. I... I kind of mentioned to Dallas off air a little bit when he mentioned to me that he'd done an episode on this before. And I was like, oh, that means that it's been out for a while. Like, I mean, you did that episode a couple years back. And I was like, and then I said, like, and there's only the one volume? <laughs> I was like, I feel betrayed. I went into this thinking that this was new and this just another one was just on its way out. <laughs> That's what so, I thought too. <laughs> it's sad. Like, I need to mourn a little bit over here because it's just like the perfect mix of excitement and also packing in the characters to have this heartfelt relationship with each other that they start developing throughout the story. And I I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but like they there's this part in I want to say it's issue two or maybe three where they're going like over each other's backstories and you just like get the panels of them like very minimal words, but like of why they are the way they are and like what was their first kill, if you will. And each one of them is so vastly different, but it's very Mm -hmm. cool to see how like it it explains a lot of their character and a lot of their core beliefs as that character without even having to say a lot of words, which I think is very cool. Um, Like I know I mentioned it, uh, but Fuck's backstory is like he's he's a little boy and he's talking to one of his friends and they're like yeah this asshole neighbor dude just keeps basically ab- abusing his dogs he's terrible he's terrible to these dogs and it's just like there's a picture of of fuck sitting next to this rock and then the next panel is the rock sitting on the neighbor's head and the dogs are mm-hmm. all playing with little with little kid <laughs> little kid fuck 
<laughs> running around in the field, like all giving him kisses. And I'm like, that if that's not the funniest, most heartfelt way to murder a man, <laughs> I don't know what is. And that just er- like perfectly describes that yeah. character. Earl had to die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Earl did. I think honest in all honesty, that might be my favorite issue of the whole thing because every mm-hmm. time you get that little that little glimpse, there's so much character work that happens in such little time. Yes. You understand exactly where they stand. You understand exactly who Smoke is as a person. You understand exactly the fuck was a person who is not only insanely strong, but also someone who does not who who was moved to action by the suffering of innocence. Mm-hmm. And it's it I think it's interesting. You don't get to see stories like this about like the criminal underworld and assassins and just gunslingers where there are characters that feel like they're morally like paragons almost like they definitely, they do evil things, but it's like, you don't see a lot of that where it's like, they have the, they, they have the right heart, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's, I think it's really interesting. Definitely. And I, I'm such a sucker for like a double cross <laughs> and like a, a sneaky surprise. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I if, if no one's surprised, but uh, this is going to be full of spoilers, this podcast. So you want to read it and not be spoiled. Please leave because I want you to read it. So go get out of here. Come back. <laughs> <laughs> but oh my gosh, the ending totally got me so good. I was not, I was not, I didn't even see it coming. It was so great. I love when that happens because I feel like I've read so many books to the point where I'm just like, I can guess what happens. But this one was good. I loved it with little wispy mustache man being the fake assassin coming for the the asshole man. I can't remember his name, but I don't care to remember his name. (laughs) It it's crazy. It's one of those things where it's like, I feel like I was overthinking it a little. Yes. Because they just set you up with so many different characters and so many different hints. I always, I honestly thought the day for a while was being set up to be yes. the, the baddie. Because he's just so innocuously normal to yeah. be anything other than the secret bad guy. It's like, okay, you're, you're here. Your name is Dave. You keep yeah, asking like, really, you? really simple questions. <laughs> and his flashback kill, his first kill, was the only one I remembered with a sniper rifle. Mm-hmm. It's just him and the army guy. He makes one shot. He's like, damn, you might have a future in this in- industry. Crazy. Yeah. I, th- I thought that was like, wait, are they trying to tell me something? But it's no, it's just like, hey, you know the assholes? It's the assholes. You should have Surprise. caught on to that, dumbass. <laughs> exactly. And just like, mm. oh, also the detail of Bishop's gun, of just like the revenge on this mm-hmm. gold gun. That's the coolest thing I've ever seen. And it being in like Fuck's little front overall pocket for most of the first issue, just wonderful. This is exactly what I wanted. <laughs> When fuck comes up to the table of all the guns, and there are a couple things going on here. There's a little sign that reads exactly what's going on. Tuck clear, fuck clearly can't read, and so he goes, "Oh shoot, is it just sort of a take a penny, leave a penny situation?" That's mighty kind of them. And he takes a bunch of the guns and comes inside. And then there's the brilliant joke of Mister Axelrod, the a-hole. Uh. MAGA assassin basically mm-hmm. being mean to Dave about Dave telling him how to spell his name he's like I know how to spell Dave who doesn't know how to spell Dave and then the next page you see t- <laughs> fuck signs it 
<laughs> nice to meet you, Dave. D-A-Y-B. <laughs> and yep. then my number one favorite is that's a very funny joke. And then Kyle Starks is like, no, no, no. The real funniest joke is on the next page. When Fernando comes in, the, the number one assassin, and Dave's like, will you sign me a thing? And he just signs it, fuck off, cabron. <laughs> and I lost it. I lost it. Like, That's what we like to call a triple threat. Comedy comes in threes, baby. Perfect. Funny. I don't know if anybody's ever seen the cartoon Cricket Green, but uh, fuck is basically just a troubled older Cricket Green. <laughs> Look that up. <laughs> kind of scared now. Are they actual crickets? No, it's this like little like Disney Channel cartoon that my dad watched and was like, look, kids, that's me when I was little. And I'm like, I don't know if that's true, but okay. Yeah, our dad somehow stumbled on like concurrent Disney Channel cartoons. And he was like, this is the good stuff, kids. Mm-hmm. It's about just a family of hillbillies. He loves it. It's about him. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand what I'm looking at. This is he is neither green nor a cricket. What the <laughs> his last fuck is name? His last name is Green and his name is Cricket. Yeah. So the show definitely lasted like five episodes, right? Yeah. Uh, I think so. Maybe oh one season. <laughs> anyway. His signature is him as a giant spider. I hate everything about this. Oh my god. <laughs> They just don't make cartoons like they used to. I'm oh, sorry. We can go. We can go back to the book. <laughs> <laughs> They're currently making that cartoon. Anyway, um, oh yeah. What I mean, we've got like three main conflicts, if you will. Like we've got the first conflict where they get drone bombed, which was frightening and sad because a lot of them died. Oh, the part where the old man had his first kill play, like, mm-hmm. flashing, like, his last moments flashing through his mind before he died. That was so sad. That's why he's so wistful. I know. But it's so sad. He got blown up. <laughs> Very aggressively, Erica. <laughs> had it coming. You won't see that in a squirrel head. girl. Landed on his head. Yeah. That was great. <clears throat> Very good. I don't feel for Wistful Sam. I don't. No. How did you feel about Erica Henderson's style with all this action and gratuitous violence? Because her work with Ryan North is not this way. Like, even mm-hmm. the non create even the creator-owned stuff that we read, like um, Danger and Other Unknown Risks, mm-hmm. it's not like this. And so this is kind of the only Erica Henderson does brains artwork that's around. What do we think of it? I feel like it's done in a way that like, you know, her style so well at this point. I mean, us, especially like, I feel like it made it even more jarring when it happened. So I was like, no, they blew him up. His brains are on the wall. Like it was even more dramatic for me because I was like, Erica, Erica, where are your little, where's tippy toe? What is this? It's, <laughs> Where's the little mangy squirrel? It's so I think good. It's, it's great because you have the expectation for what an Erica Henderson comic is supposed to look and feel like. And then this is the exact opposite. It's like adding just, just a little bit of salt to your, like your, your hot chocolate. It brings out all the right flavors at right at the right moments. 
because it's shocking and you don't expect it and it highlights the entire experience. People do, listen, I don't do what it. People in do Ohio it. Ohio, did you just say? The, people, <laughs> no, Andre, salted dark yeah. chocolate, hot chocolate, it's really good. Hmm. It's really good. Hmm. Addison put, when Addison makes her homemade whipped cream that is banana pants, she puts salt in it. And I'm always like, you're putting salt in whipped cream? And then every time, she's right. Makes it significantly <laughs> better. So Anne's right. This isn't Ohio nonsense. This time. I can bring this more time. next time. You're safe you. this time. You See, ever had a it's Buckeye? So, <laughs> it's so interesting to hear you two talk about this book being a subversion of Erica Henderson for you. Because this was my introduction to Erica Henderson. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I oh. met her through Kyle Starks, who I was following. And then I went, that artwork was stunning. I need more of that. And so then, I, I went so backwards, guys. And then I went to Dracula Motherfucker, which she had just released, which is her most abstract work by far. Oh, yeah. Like, that book is beautiful, but it it's trippy, man. It's like Erica on LSD. And then I read Danger and Other Unknown Risks, which we all read. Loved. Great. And then I went back. Squirrel Girl. So, like, the Squirrel Girl artist, it was Squirrel Girl last for me. Interesting. I love that. We love the character's journey. Mm-hmm. There, mm. Dracula Motherfucker, by the way, is... It was my first Erica Henderson book that I actually read all the way through. Squirrel Girl was the first time I remember seeing her art, but I, Dracula Motherfucker was the first time I picked up one of her books, and I don't even think it clicked in my head until, like, months later that it was Erica Henderson because it is so like Dallas said, so, so trippy and so, so different from everything she has. It, it's one of the things that shocked me so much looking at just her unbeatable squirrel um, covers is Erica Henderson has such an amazing and impressive range. She can mimic and just excel at just about any artistic style. She's, she fucking nails it. A lot of artists, they have like the one style and they're like, I will draw on this every time. I will do this until the day I die. Like you see Alex Ross, he does Alex Ross. You see um, Ivan Reyes, he does Ivan Reyes. You see Jim Lee, he does Jim Lee. Erica Henderson's like, I will do what the fuck I feel like doing. And I think that's really, really cool. She actually reminds me a lot of Stuart Eminem when he mm. gets jiggy. Like eight. A- Next Wave, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is the second week in a row we have references, <laughs> is such an example of Stuart Eminem, who has a very distinct style that a lot of people have copied. Like, if you like Pepe Larraz, folks, I hate to break it to you, you actually like Stuart Eminem. Like, that's that's who created that style. And then for Next Wave, Agents of Hate, he went, what if I did something crazy? I'm going to need everyone to be real cool about something real quick, Okay. And then he did this super zany art style that had all of the bones just right. That was like, this is a master artist at work here doing a zany style. And I think watching Erica Henderson shift between so many styles, it demonstrates that she, like you were saying, Anne, doesn't have one style. She is just an artist. Like whatever a project needs, she can bring to that project. And I think that's really brilliant. And speaks to why she's an artist that speaks so much to us on this show and why we're so impressed with her. If last week you've read Squirrel Girl, if you read Danger and Other Unknown Risks, and you're like, I like this books, but I don't quite see what these guys are talking about. I think it is the versatility and the 
for me, the distinct character designs and emoting that goes on in mm-hmm. these. Like, I am never confused looking at these pages, no matter how crazy they get, which is hard to do in Assassination. Yeah. True. It's, I just shared in chat two different Stuart Eminence just to just give Lexi the, the image. Ooh. Image received. Fun. Okay. Okay. So, Lex, you talked a lot about colors last week with Rico Ramsey. Yeah. What did you think of Erica doing her own colors on this? I was just going to bring that up. Our sibling brains are kind of spooky sometimes. You just did that again. He texted me the other day. Sorry, slight off topic. He texted me the other day while I was picking up my phone to text him about the thing I was going to text him about. Siblings. Anyway, um, no, the colors in this were so fun. I loved, especially like that very first splash of the car getting blown up when the guy's like running out of the building. Like all those reds and those blues are so cool. And I feel like they really, um, I don't know. I, I feel like they just really fit so well with her style and they were able to make scenes so much more dramatic. Like I love, I don't even know. Like they're, some of the guys kooky's out, kooky outfits are just so fun. Um, yeah, no, it's just like the perfect mix of just fun colors. Like I also love how a lot of her action scenes, at least in the first issue, um, like the dramatic, um, violent panels, if you will, were actually done in more of like a pink tone than like a, a true red. Like I feel like a red tone panel is very traditional for like those violent panels that you get with action comics like this. But to like have them all be more of a pinky tint, I thought was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, just like the bright, like the bright yellows, the bright hot pinks, bright purple. I mean, Fernando's outfit when he first walks in in the first issue, he's head to toe bright purple. And I just feel like it just makes it so much more fun to have all these bright colors picking up these different characters. I I, I think you're really onto something there because I think having those bright colors really highlights the action. I'm thinking about that spread in the first issue where the car blows up and the car is blowing up and it's, and it's red, but the characters are highlighted in the front in blue. Mm-hmm. Perfect. It, it contrasts everything. And a lot of times when you read action comics like this, you get into like action noir, really gritty things, and everything is very realistic. You get a lot of darker colors, a lot of shadows. Um, and sometimes it's just, it's, it's not, I don't want to say it's hard to see what's going on, but it's not, brought out it's not accented in here it's always accented and you get to see a lot of emotions accented too i love i love every panel where it's like the page is blue and then something really serious happens in the background switches really quickly to the brightest fucking red you've ever seen in your entire life it's this is gonna be like the third week in a row i've talked about music in relation to the comics but it's, it's like having accent notes in, in comics with crescendos and decrescendos and those moments where it's just like, I just need a single, a single note, a single beat that is louder than all the others. And I need you to understand that. And coloring really, really helps in that regard. And I loved, love the colors here. Erica did a fantastic job. 
they were much flatter than the sort of painterly style that she would adapt for Danger and Other Unknown Risks and mm-hmm. on the covers of later Squirrel Girl. Because I think, if my timeline is right here, this came out before after she was done with Squirrel Girl, mm-hmm. but before the series was over. And so you can even see her art style evolving and her coloring style evolving as those covers keep going on. So this is sort of picks up right in the middle of what we covered last week, as far as Erica Henderson art goes. But a pretty, a pretty common adage in the comic book world is that the, the writer of the comic does the screenplay, right? And the artist is the director, the costume designer, the director of photography, the lighting crew, everything else that goes into making a movie. And I think this is a great comic that is an example of all those things being done well, right? Like Erica Henderson as a costume designer is comparable to no one else in the comics industry. I think we can all agree that she is the best costume designer working in comics right now. But the way she sets up her shots, the way her panels are when Fernando bursts into the room, that is an iconic shot that immediately establishes that he, his personality and what we need to know about him. When she does those deep reds and deep blues. It reminds me of the lighting team on Michael Mann's Thief from 1981, where everything is just like cobalt blue and beautiful all the time. It feels saturated with artistry. The colors are bright. The costumes are loud. The panels are crazy, but never distractingly so. That's an interesting Erica Henderson bit that I've noticed is her paneling is incredibly interesting, but never distracting. Mm -hmm. And I just, I think whatever project she is on, she is the tour de force going on next to, like I said, one of my favorite comic book writers of all time, like Kyle Starks is up there for me and he is no slouch as an artist himself. His artwork is phenomenal. I'm a part of his sticker club. And his stickers are all over my all over my laptop. And yet all I can talk about with this book is Erica Henderson's artwork because she is such a generational level talent that we are getting to watch create comics right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I feel like her talent just brings these these characters from Kyle's pages, like from his story. She just brings them to life like they are such interesting characters. And I also was just now like swiping through the pages. And I also just want to shout out like her movement panels because they're also extremely interesting. There specifically is one um, panel where I think it's Dave. I want to say it's Dave, but I can't remember. But someone's like sliding down the side of a building trying to snipe um, Taipan when he's attacking... Um, all of the assassins and just like the movement of that panel is just so interesting and done so well. Yeah, here, I, I just found it. I'll show everyone in the, like him sliding down with the oh, sniper. Yeah. It's just very cool. Very cool art. And also just her ability to, it, it looks like almost just like the smudging of that character, like drawn out and then just smudge it along the side of a page. Just really brings in that movement to the to the page which i think is super cool um 
uh, it's just there's just so much that go is that's going on, and it's just so good. It's such a fast paced, easy read that I feel like anybody can just sit down and enjoy. Also, like it's ten dollars for the whole series. Yeah, you can get this whole trade paperback for ten dollars, and that's something that doesn't get talked a lot about. Image Comics volume ones are ten dollars. I think that's incredible. And so where this is a one and done volume, whole story, $10. Right now, if you're halfway through this episode and you're like, wow, that sounds like a great comic book, $10 on Comixology right now. Mm-hmm. Bloop. That's less yeah. than lunch. And you can read this comic book. It's amazing. That's less than two do- than two issues of The Amazing Spider-Man that you already know mm-hmm. you're going to hate. So why not... <laughs> So, Anne, at the beginning Mm -hmm. of this, you talked about the need for an action movie or action comic to be special to stand out. What Mm -hmm. is it that makes Assassination stand out for you? Is it the characters? Is it the artistry? Is it the narrative? Talk to me a little bit about what makes this rise above the rest. Is it too much of... Is it too much of a cheat to say all of the above? Because it really does feel like all of the above. On its own, this is a premise that would just completely bulldoze past a lot of other action blockbusters to me. You get one guy who wants to hire the top 20 assassins in the world to save him because he is being hunted. He is being targeted. And you're telling me that there's going to be karate kids. um, Sorry, katana kids, um, rivaling gangs, guns, swords, all sorts of crazy, insane action. And then on top of that, you're like, okay, well, check out the visuals, and it's some of the most crazy Erica Henderson work you've ever seen in your entire life. And then on top of that, you have characters that are all iconic. You have the little individuals you want to root for. I had characters that I was hoping to root for just based on their character design. Whether it, I, I remember the one that really broke my heart was I think it was, I think her name was Red Scorpion because she had such she was a cool, so cool. She had such a cool character design. <laughs> I. That first issue, I was 100% looking through all the characters, and I'm like, I know all of you, a lot of you are going to die. I'm going to start, like, I'm almost like I'm betting on horses at a race, where I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. putting my money here, here, here. And sadly, I did put a little bit of money on Red Scorpion to go all the way, but she sadly did not. So um, that's that that hurts a little bit still, but it's it's one of those things where just every step of the way, I felt really, really engaged in part of the story, because it it makes you be like, what's going to happen next? I need to know what happens to these characters. I need my specific fave to make it to the end of the race. And and anytime you have a comic that's like that and you feel the stakes are real, it's, it's, it's an experience because you just, you need to know you have to keep going. And I think bringing some of this praise back to Kyle Starks, the characterization creates a lot of the, I gotta, turn the page right Stephen King talks about the I gotta like as a writer you have to establish the thing that keeps people turning the pages mm-hmm. and he in one of the few Stephen King saying he is as good as he is moments he says like I know how to write I gotta and he's absolutely right like you open a Stephen King book and you get to the end Kyle Stark says I gotta are charming characters like ultimately Whatever is going on, it's always an action comedy, and it's always great at that. He works with great artists. He himself is a great artist. But the emotional drive 
of these characters and their personalities is what brings you come brings you back over and over and over again. You want to hear what these crazy people are going to say. You want to see what they're going to do. Not because the plot necessarily is a breath of fresh air. Like, and that's not that's not meant to be a slight. I think this is while inventive and fun, it is still an action movie. It's a revenge action story. Mm-hmm. But it's those conversations. There is nowhere else I can get Dave and fuck. There is nowhere else I can get smoke. There's nowhere else I can get Taipan. Like these characters that just speak to me and that I want to spend time with and that I remember. Like, and he's just great at making you love a character and then putting them in an absurd set piece mm-hmm. where you root for them to win. Like one that comes to mind for me is in Rock Candy Mountain when he has to, like I said, the whole book is kind of about hobo fights, like I said, but there is a specific, like he has to get into a hobo um, boxing mm-hmm. match and it's incredible. They do like nine rounds of hobo boxing in the book. Oh my gosh. And it's incredible. There's, you know what I was thinking? I just realized I have the perfect, like, analogy to this if you want to know what the story is like and you've been watching movies in the last year it's it reminds me a lot of bullet train you have the really great characters who all seem standalone in their own right in the perfect set piece and it's just it's it's a freaking blast i i enjoyed this a lot more than bullet train but if you enjoyed that or if you wanted that to be more then definitely check this comic out oh absolutely for sure um, is there anything else we want to do before we switch to questions? No, I think we actually got some good questions this week. So I feel good if everyone else feels good. I, I do want to plug one more time. Kyle Starks yeah. does a sticker club once a month. It's $5, I think, on his Patreon. Yeah. And you get sent stickers every single month uh, that he draws himself and does up. And I have been month one subscriber and I've never unsubscribed. And I've never been sad. Even when I don't know who the characters are and they show up at my house, I'm always like, oh, a new Kyle Starks art. Well, <laughs> it's wonderful. And his Fantastic Four ones are especially great. Yeah, everyone needs to take a minute and just look through his store. There's so many great things. It's, it's yes, great. you do. All right. Um, do you want me to read the first question? Sure. Yeah, I love delegating. <laughs> Great. Hmm. Well, it's too bad because it's not pulling up for me. Oh, psych, it did. All right. Question number one. I love that. All right, collective? Question mark. I don't know if we are. I don't know if we're all right. <laughs> love assassination, especially the world building. It's like an Edgar Wright version of John Wick. Anyway, which other characters do you think would fit well into this world? Also, who would you want to get killed by? <laughs> can't wait to listen to this episode, Zach. Oh, I can't believe you cut all the accent out of that. I'm Love. not doing a Scottish accent. I can't, can't wait. <laughs> I can't. Not even can not you. a chance. Believe it or not, neither you can't do it either. I cannot Lexi. wait Lexi. to listen to this episode, Zach. Hit us with your best Scottish accent. I feel like Zach might never write in again if I do. So. You've just got uh, to do Willie. Willie from The Simpsons. <laughs> See, that's why I've never seen... I've I've seen The Simpsons movie. That's as far as I've gone. Girl, Simpsons what? Was. Girl, what? Girl, they're so Girl, good. Girl, what? 
The first eight seasons of The Simpsons Bangers. is genuinely incredible. Eight seasons. That's not just like a, oh, the first couple seasons. The first eight. They've got a lot of episodes, too. Okay, well, they're long. Listen, listen up here, you little rascals. Um, I feel I wouldn't feel comfortable starting The Simpsons until I finished the last show, and I haven't finished The Marvels Mrs. Maisel yet. So, I'm like, going to set you on fire. Simpsons, <laughs> Simpsons is a head empty TV show, though. Except when it's not, because it's True. one of the most sometimes it'll joke get dense. One of the most joke dense shows I've ever seen. Like there are no wasted lines or frames in that mm-hmm. entire show. Did okay, they fix but, fix the version on Disney Plus? Yes. Yeah, they did. Okay, mm-hmm. so I can... Got it. Oh, it's so good. But, all right. What characters from outside of Assassination do we feel like would do well inside Assassination? And who do we want to get killed by? Ooh, um... I I would pay to get killed by, by Smoke or by, <laughs> by Fuck. I, think I don't know if I'd want to get killed by Fuck. He seems very aggressive. I I he's it would be a fun time. Uh, you would have conversation. I'm mighty sorry for this. Boom, bam. Yeah. It's like instead of you dinner and a movie, it's dinner wall. and death. <laughs> Damn girl, what are your weekend plans? Uh, dinner and death. Nice. Really and trying question. to and trying to meet death from Sandman. Like, all right, fuck talking to over. Hey, you you can't blame me. You can't can't blame her. You tell me there's an emo. You tell me there's a goth girl on the other side of this. Get over here, fuck. Um, Um, Yeah, Dallas, you would fit well in here. Just John Wick. John Wick would have a good time. Yeah, just say John Wick. Just go immediately for the. John McClane would have a shitty time. John McClane would hate this. He would have. I think John Wick would have a bad time also, actually. Okay. <laughs> this movie does feel like Edgar Wright's version of John Wick. Like, that's a perfect pull there, Zach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially the later John Wicks. Like, number four, if you're like, man, I love all the, like, Nations of the World's Assassin's Clubs. <laughs> it's like, now we're in the Samurai Club. Like, if you're like, this is fun, then you would like this book a lot. Oh, you know who'd have a hell of a time? The Bride from um, Kill Bill. Do what? The Bride from Kill Bill. God damn it. I was, yeah, yeah I was, I was Googling because I wasn't, sh- I forgot what her actual name was, but it's just The Bride. So, yeah. God, I love Kill Bill. No matter how much Quentin Tarantino annoys me, I will never not love Kill Bill. Volume I, I, I hate it so much because Kill Bill's like, it was that one Quentin Tarantino movie that I loved unconditionally. And then they're like, hey, you got to hear about some of the behind the scenes shit that went on during this movie. I'm like, no, no, I don't. Don't ruin this. Don't do this to me. And then I heard the shit. I'm like, God damn it. I I hate I hate all of you so much. True. Yeah, apparently true. Uma, Uma Thurman got really, really hurt during that movie. Yep. <sighs> yep. I've Hollywood sucks. Hollywood's fucked. <laughs> hey, good for us. <laughs> Um, oh, there's who do gonna... I want to get killed by? Wistful Stan. Really? At least he... he takes you to the sack first, you know? <laughs> she seems to be having a good time. <laughs> if I'm going to die, at least I'm going to go out late. I mean, can you blame me? Deadshot. Deadshot would be great as one of the assassination. He would have fun. 
Um, I feel like the whole Secret Six would have a pretty good time with the assassin. Yeah, actually. Also, Gail... fancy Dan of the Enforcers. Send him in. <laughs> fancy Dan. Just all the Enforcers, maybe. They would do good. I think so. It's a deep dig. Lex, who do you want to get killed by? I have a different reason of for, than Anne, but I feel like smoke <laughs> would be no nonsense. Because if I'm going to get mm-hmm. killed, I don't want to. I want it to be quick. <laughs> I feel it, it smokes. Smoke's very valid. It's like you want to get killed quick. You also want to get killed by someone with a moral code. Yeah. Like, I don't want an but asshole. But then at that point, me. why is she killing me? What did I do? <laughs> oh, I'm sure hey, there's something. Zach put out the hit. <laughs> I dead named Twitter. That's what it was. Do you, <laughs> do you have any other characters that you'd like to see in this in this universe, Lexi? Oh, my goodness. I don't know. That's a really good question. I think Ryan Gosling Ken would be great. <sighs> Girl. Girl, I saw a tweet of his Mojo Dojo Casa House look. I was like, you know the dirtiest dirtbag man you know is going to dress up like that for Halloween. You just know. It's me. <laughs> Wait, I'm is doing that Mojo you... Dojo Casa Wish... House for Halloween. Oh my god. Shirtless with the fur coat. That makes that even funnier. Where can you get the horse? Yeah. I'm going to steal one of the cop's horses from Central Park. Hell yeah. Addison is going as um, cowgirl Barbie. She's sewing the outfit from pink denim. She's making it herself. Oh, that's so cool. That's very fun. Yeah, she's pretty much the coolest person in the world. Our our, uh, work does themed Christmas parties every year, and this year's uh, cowboy themed. I original i know but um i was like how fun would it be for me to show up as one of the youngest female workers as cowgirl barbie and have carson show up as ken barbie uh cowboy ken and then he was like i love you so much but i cannot go into a room full of construction men dressed as cowboy ken (laughs) he's like we can't yes he can carson you can listen to me so we're going as red dead redemption characters you are that man you you listen. Doing that is the manliest thing you can possibly do, it's because it's telling them I don't care. I'm I'm comfortable it's in a my tasselly shirt. Come on, yeah, it's wonderful. Hell yeah, that's a power move if mm-hmm. I've ever seen one. Okay, it's true. I'm. I will read the next question. This next one comes from who? Who's this one come from? Glenn. Oh. That's why, because it says Glenn after the third question, so that means obviously it's just like I got. Oh, you. then no, I'm wrong. Uh, Oops. But that one says that oh, the next one uh, says it's from Penny Green. The third one says it's from Penny Green. Yeah. Oh, then yeah, the second one's from Glenn. Then yeah, it's Glenn. Okay, cool. Process of elimination. We got there. Um, dear assassins, first I forgot this existed, so check it out. Now he reminded me. That's what we're here for. We are here to talk about great books and to teach teach you the other ones exist. <laughs> Make sure you check out books that you've never heard of before best experience of your life what fictional assassin would you pick to protect you from other assassins the other two sent after you oh like like dallas and lexi are sending assassins after me and i gotta counterpick their assassins yes okay this will be fun and two best assassin movie i'm really proud of you because that last assassin was the first time you spelled assassin right glenn i good job (laughs) 
Third time's the charm. <laughs> I like um, ass assassin. That's me. <laughs> That's how I feel when I wear a real good pair of pants. I feel like ass assassin. <laughs> that was you and your slutty little shorts in the airport. I, yeah, true. I got another pair. I love a sweaty, I love a slutty short moment. I'm in slutty shorts right now. Got another pair of faux leather leggings yesterday. Oh, and I'm like, girl, yes. I'm ass assassin. Yeah, that's, that's it. Um, Beautiful. Okay, no, I feel like you, you two have to pick first because I have to counterpick. Mm. Um, who are you sending to kill me? My answer uh, might be a very niche answer. Do it then. Okay, well, I'm currently reading a series by Sarah J. Mass called The Throne of Glass, and there's an assassin in that named Selena, who is wonderful, but that was who I would send, but nobody knows who she is, but that's okay. Okay, well, some you? people know mine, and Alexis will know mine. I'm sending Asriel after Alexis from <laughs> Sarah J. Mass's. I would be so happy if you sent him after me. Please Alexis do. is like... <laughs> He's like, I'm here to kill you. She's like, what if I promise why I did it? <laughs> I love him. <sighs> oh, Bro. no. Dallas, I changed my answer. I changed my answer. Zeth. Oh, Zeth Coming would be you. so scary. Especially after he gets the sword. Ooh, the talking sword. <laughs> We're such nerds. Nerds. Such deep nerd going on Whoa. in this house right now. Asriel and Zeth, sign me up. Over here rolling my eyes like, I'm sure those names will make sense eventually. <laughs> eventually. When you oh. read our I just want to let you two know, you. sending me two copies of the book isn't going to make me read it twice as quickly. Girl, it better. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to strangle him through the internet. Yeah, she was pretty mad. I was. I screamed. I didn't do it on purpose. I know you didn't do it on purpose, but that was my book to give. Damn it. <laughs> I didn't you know this thing that wasn't communicated? No, woman. How am I supposed to know? That is the great unifying trait of all women. If you out there are like, what are the two genders? There's communicates intention and is upset about things happening that were not communicated. That's the only. Know? That's the only binary that exists. You know what? Everything Both else is you... fluid. That's a binary. <laughs> Both of you truly are like children in my life. So I'm going to send Deathstroke after you because I feel. <laughs> I'm trying to kill these kids. <laughs> Deathstroke is like Voldemort that way, where when you take a step back, you have to really ask yourself, like, wait, you got beef with 14 year olds? It's 14 year olds that you're upset with? You're the great dark destroyer of everything, and you're like, I gotta fuck up this elementary school! <laughs> Like, Slade Wilson and Lord Voldemort got to come together and be like, all right, so we we got to create a vision board because we're not aiming high enough. <laughs> you know, uh, we got some real small town dreams going on here. Oh, hello. Welcome to the Big Fish Small Pond Convention. We keep getting our asses handed to us by people who chew on crayons. This yeah, is damn. unbelievable. None of our antagonists have ever hit puberty. That's nuts. <laughs> Voldemort's like, at least mine are aging. It's like, that's not the burn you think it is. <laughs> mine have superpowers. Two of yours are illiterate. <laughs> and Voldemort's like, at least I have both eyes. <laughs> and then Deathstroke's like, at least I have a nose. It writes itself. And then they realize, despite their differences, they really they, care for each other. And then they kiss. 
And then they kill J.K. Rowling. (laughs) Snaps. Snaps. We can say that because we're in America. We can't be sued. (laughs) True. Cross our fingers. (laughs) What's she going to do? I don't have any money, so good luck. (laughs) What's Okay, what's the best assassin movie? Ooh. Kill Bill, volumes one and two. I've never seen those. Damn, they're good. Carson would like those. Like if you if you want to be like, hey Carson, I have a movie, and then just knock his socks off <laughs> in a way that he was not expecting. I can do that with anything. <laughs> Turns on color television. Whoa! When did this happen? Look at that here! Holy shit! <laughs> throw a blanket so over. I said that. You throw a blanket over the top of Carson to test him, and he's like one of those no. dogs that just stays under there. No, no. You go to the doorway, you Aww. take the blanket, you're like, hey Carson, watch this. You lift it up, and then you disappear behind the doorway, and Carson. Yep. Oh! Yep. Where'd you go? <laughs> Where the hell is she? Yeah. I love them making these jokes that I've never met Carson in person. This is this is yeah. going great. They track. Listen, I'm just yes anding what Alexa said. Fair. What other assassin movies are there? Um, um, the Emperor's New Groove, where Paul <laughs> tries to kill the Emperor. <laughs> I, ch- I would like to change my answer. <laughs> yeah, let's the get Trump Emperor's in New book. Groove. <laughs> he has his own sound effects, okay? You know Tuck was... I keep calling him Tuck. It's like a Freudian slip. You know Fuck was like... Fuck and Kronk would be best friends. <laughs> I'd have a lot of spinach puffs. That's the second yeah, week in a row that we've mentioned Kronk. He's on we, the mind. Erica, please draw me Kronk. Okay, so in other news, I was hanging out with some friends, and we were all joking around, and we're like, all right, who was your sexual awakening? And then this girl, so fast, was like, Kronk from Emperor's New Groove. And then no. her very small, bald boyfriend was like, what? Who? <laughs> <laughs> My other favorite was my one friend. He was like, this had no real bearing on the rest of my life, but Ursula from Little Mermaid. (laughs) He's like, when she went body language, she's like, I was seven (laughs) years old. And I was like, wow. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Um, You not not to deviate, but um, you want a really great assassin movie that is also based on a comic book. Check out Atomic Blonde if you haven't already. Uh, we good. already n- name dropped it in this, but Bullet Train was a ton of yeah. fun. Oh, like yeah. it, I. This is how unhinged the movie landscape is. I feel like I praise seven point five out of ten movies that go to the theaters higher than I praise like the art house films I see now because yeah. it has been such a like we're either doing a superhero movie or like a coming of age story about a cannibalistic kid from south texas movie that just to have a normal movie for adults not based on superheroes hits so hard Mm -hmm. so like i loved bullet train and it's not a good movie (laughs) but no it's not even a bad movie it's just like a it's a movie yeah yeah it's it's weird we're in a space where like just movies have to struggle to exist it's weird i sometimes i think about how when Harry Met Sally was like the biggest movie of the year that it came out. Mm-hmm. And I just weep for our generation. Uh, I know. We're making a lot of wrong choices. 
<laughs> That's your first clue? <laughs> yes. Lexi, would you like to read Glenn's, no, sorry, Penny Green's question? Yes. Cricket Green's uh, question. Penny Glenn. Um, dear the Comics Collective, I haven't read Assassination because, boy, the first week of college does not leave m- me with a lot of free time. Ooh, hey, so- happy college. Happy yeah. college. You. <gasps> oh, Our this question's getting good. Up. Um, anyway, I know you all have been reading Brandon Sanderson. Let's go. Wondering Ooh. if any of you have read the graphic novel he wrote, White Sands. Thank you for being such a great podcast. Penny? I didn't know he wrote a graphic novel. Yes, I've told you about it. Well, I probably forgot. Sorry. Yeah, geez. He, um, you you in the co- me there's so a, many books. <laughs> there's a graphic novel in The Cosmere. So... I have Man. been secretly thinking that if we just juggled around the Cosmere long enough, we could do a White Sands episode here on the show, and that could be our sneaky way to just talk about all Sanderson books Anne, on please. this. She read Mistborn, but she didn't finish it, damn it. That's the Anne Brenneman promise, is I will start and love everything you tell me and finish nothing. Jail they like to call her Lil Miss 80%. Around these parts. How do you not finish that third book, Anne? It's like a fever dream. Then it never ends. Oh, I'm scared. I'm terrified. That sounds like I'm terrified for what's happening. Things are not in a good place right now. And like, if I stop reading now, they can't get worse. It does. (laughs) It do, but (laughs) in a satisfying way. But the fuck does that mean? Find out. We need you to finish so you can get to the real series. You gotta finish Mistborn so you can get to the real books. Yes. The Stormlight Archive. Stormlight. Alexis, I, here on air, I need to know now. I was right. The Stormlight Archive is better, right? Yes. Yeah. Like, some of the best books I being do love right Vin. Now. If I could just, like, pick up Vin and put her in the other universe, I would. But she if wouldn't she had, If she had a little floaty friend, she, she would. would do a great job with a sprin, but also she is kind of just a sprin. So we're going to start she seeing a lot of words. She reminds Anne me of the know. little like slippery one. True. Yeah. I like the I little slippery know. one. Just oh. sounds like, like the little slippery one. Girl, <laughs> the, uh, the novella you skipped is all POV slippery one. Oh. It's her entire book. It's just oh, her. Okay. Well, I'll loop back around then. Like it's her. very, it's really fun. So if you like her, like she has her own mini book. If you've I been like, like she's I like how she tells Dalinari is a nice book. So funny. <laughs> and there's this little character that tells like the very serious, like, like prophetic man. She can't trust him because you can't trust an old man with a nice butt. She's like, there's no reason for an old man to have a nice butt. Mm-hmm. You've got to be up to no good. She goes, she goes, that means you're too busy. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing so busy? <laughs> It's and she's like 10. Anne. It's a perfect book, Anne. Real highbrow stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a pro Brandon Sanderson podcast here. Mm-hmm. I mean, love that guy. Love his yeah. books. Um, I will pinky promise right here on air that I will finish the book this week. Do it. Girl, I do not believe you. I love I you, but either. I do not believe you. <laughs> Anne will remember this. <laughs> <laughs> we have wrong, Dan. The North remembers. <laughs> um, Lex, you obviously want to read White Sands, right? And do you have anything you want to say about the Cosmere in general, just to 
help Penny Green Penny. here in her second week of college, just to know that we love the Cosmere and we love Penny. We love Sanderson. the Cosmere, and there are so many wonderful characters. It's so great. Um, the but local, all, but honestly, all of the Brandon Sanderson that I've read, not just the Cosmere, but all of it that I've read, has been very, very good. Even the one that I thought wasn't going to be good ended up being good in the last fifth of it. What Warbreaker? Mm-hmm. That's a very that? good. Yeah, I kind of felt like that whole thing. I was like, the real book should have been the sequel. Uh-huh. Like, there's no sequel, but I was like, this is where we should have started. Mm-hmm. Like, we just got yeah. interesting here at the end. It, he just meanders his way to the point. But yeah, that's probably his weakest. But it's still but good. even then, it's still good. Yeah, like but there's no bad times with the Brandon no. Sanderson book. No, and, and these are the books that you can hand to anybody and be like, please. I go. know this is bigger than the Bible, but please. Yeah, you just hand people Wave Kings, and you're like, I own you for the next month. This is this, this is the Stormlight Bible. Here you go. You're going to meet Ugh. a little guy with depression. His name's Kaladin Stormblessed. <laughs> Kaladin. And you will never. He is the reincarnation of Eeyore. Thank you. You'll never feel warm again. <laughs> You'll always be like, man, does it feel like there's just a sad little cold rainstorm around me all the time? And Kaladin's like, yes. Yes, it does. And you're like. You're the, like, bro, your problems are self-inflicted. Your problems are made up, Kaladin. <laughs> I say to someone Same. whose like brother was killed in front of him, <laughs> I was like, your problems are made up, idiot. <laughs> to a guy who was a slave, I was like, your problems are made up, idiot. They're not made up, but they're not made up. There but... are a lot of times that I was like, Kaladin, <laughs> he is so Mike Yagubian. Yeah, like, and they all hated me. I was like, you're oh the protagonist. Gosh. We don't hate you. Stop. Dallas, I have the funniest story to tell you off air okay. <laughs> about Mikey Gubian. Perfect. Um, um, yeah, I, I really do think, well, I have not read White Sands. Alexis has not read White Sands. No. Uh, Anne I feel like we should. has not read White Sands, right? Unless Anne's surprisingly like, ha ha! Scoundrels! Jokes on you! <laughs> I am the real fan. You will <laughs> I am the real Sander fan. Ha <laughs> ha! Um, but when we get to it, it will be a vehicle to talk about a whole lot of Sanderson. So that episode will be yes. Anne's Reckoning. And <laughs> it'll be a three-parter. A great Thank time. you. Yeah, Alexis will be leading the discussion with the whiteboard. <laughs> it's going to be yeah. 40 hours long, just like no, his books. No, that would be me if I talked about Akatar. But anyway. Gosh, everything about the comics episode this year is going to be so fun. Talking about so Akatar. juicy. Y'all don't even know what's coming. Maybe be I so good. Read, maybe I'll read the Nesta book by then. Ugh. I it's like you know what I realized? Point. You're not traumatized enough to enjoy that one. That's why. <laughs> Fair. Realty. Yeah. Fair. I also just I'm not like a Jason Momoa type. Like, that's no, like I the love interest is like a Jason Momoa type, and I don't find that super compelling. You see, that's wrong, but I'll let you be wrong. It's not wrong. I've spent so much time with Cassian. I've spent so much time mm. with this man, and I'll, every girl I know is like, "No, he's actually secretly very smart." And I'm like, "No, he's not. There's no evidence of that in these books. He is a meathead with giant muscles and long hair." And you're all like, "I bet he's got a lot of complex thoughts going on in there," and he doesn't ever. He do. That's what the fifth book is about. I am halfway through, and he hasn't yet. Big. Okay. Okay. All right. Girl, be serious. I will save that. Girl, be serious. I am being so serious. 
<sighs> Closing right, thoughts. We got to let Anne go. <laughs> we got to let her leave. Yeah, we got to let her leave. She's Otherwise miserable. She's Look at her. Look at her. <laughs> I've never seen her sadder on this show than right now. <laughs> oh, tragedy. She's like, I do not care about your dumb books. I came here to talk about assassination, and you two are talking about stupid fairy porn. <laughs> Let me, go. Let me go. Let me go watch Doctor Who like a grown up. Thank you. Also, how dare you read me the film? I quit. I gotta go watch Doctor Who. I haven't watched this episode nine times yet. Okay. It's so funny you think there's an episode I've only seen nine times. That's adorable. Youch. I got no closing statements. Fair. Good book. You should read it. Please read it. Pick it up. Let's get a part two, everyone, please. Yeah, if everyone who listened to this went out and bought 10 copies, we'd probably get a part two. Yeah. Also, if you like Crowded, you'll like this. Oh, yeah, that's a great poll. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. If you tend to be like, wow, I can't believe I'd never heard of that indie book, and it's really good. Anne or Dallas, but usually Anne. Like, I'll, I'll be honest. They're usually like, Anne just showed me this book I've never heard of talked about before. And I sit in a cage in the back like, I showed it to her. I showed it to her. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was like, hey, Anne, Anne, you really helped me find Always Never. That's so cool. Dallas is Anne's friend. I want to scream at the moon. It's, it's awesome. Rend like my everyone... clothes and become a werewolf. There are so many people who introduced me to the Giant Days, and now people know me as like the Giant Days person, and I regret everything. <laughs> I was everyone has someone who helped them discover their path. True. And Dallas get, sends me to all the good books. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't much, but it's honest work. <laughs> it's a single mom who works too hard. I am a single mom that works too hard at this podcast. <laughs> all right everybody if you like our show and you want to hear more from us throughout the week please go follow our x accounts at cmx collective or our tiktok account at the comics collective or you can find each of us at dallas underscore comics at and comics and at lexi lou underscore comics if you enjoy the show and really want to make our day go and write a review on apple podcasts and we will read off on the show and finally, if you have any questions or comments for the show, please let us know and send those questions and comments to thecomicscollective at gmail.com. Yeah, we've gotten a lot more just broad questions the last couple of weeks, and I really liked that. So They are very fun. Please keep doing that. Ask oh, us before, silly stuff. I did have a silly thing I didn't ask you. If you had an assassin name, what would your assassin <gasps> name be? Brockhard. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best one. We gotta end the episode right right there. (laughs) Fair enough. Okay. The way to get out of it, Lexi. I see you. No. I don't know what what I would be named. I'm not creative. I I was gonna take Killer Queen. That's That's rad. That's rad. Hmm. I need one of those little BuzzFeed shuffle ones. (laughs) You're just gonna be you're just gonna end up a Dave. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And Alexis. Killer Queen, like Brockhart, Alexis. <laughs> if that's not the epitome of this podcast, I don't know what is. Simon. Nope. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? Theodore. I, there you go. When you just said Theodore, I thought Chipmunk Chunk. And I went, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. 
That's what That's Theodore is, is chipmunk chunk. Yep. He's so cute. I love his little green sweater. When they're so mean to him, and you're like, mm. you can't be mean to the fat one. <laughs> no. Be mean to Alvin. Or when they make the little girl ones dance in the second movie, and you're like, no, they can't make the little girl ones dance. Oh, no. I know too much about Alvin and the Chipmunks, turns out. <laughs> you do. <laughs> Oopsie daisy. Funny. Well, that, 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 that's all, folks. Bye. <laughs> Bye.